podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tottenham visit Everton in what could be a crucial Premier League clash tomorrow night at Goodison Park. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Charlie, Brian and Bobby to discuss the team news, predicted 11s and how we see this game panning out, plus any repercussions it could have for the manager and for Tottenham heading into the cup final week. I'm Matt Hayes and you're listening to the Tottenham Fan Voice Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Matt Hayes Tottenham blog and as I said to a fantastic panel to preview what is a big big game for Spurs we of course face Everton at Goodison Park as our top four hopes peter out as we move into the, the the week of the cup final against Manchester City it's a big one and there's a lot to get through including team news for both sides as a depleted Everton squad will be looking to do the double over Spurs but before we do dive into that let's introduce our, our fantastic panel first of all we've got Charlie uh, from Coy's Daily Charlie how are you getting on today? Yeah, good as always, and thanks for having me on, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some of you saw when we are Tottenham. Um, Tottenham are just deflating me at the moment, completely taking every ounce of energy out of me. But look, as always, a bit of therapy on um, on this panel here, and it's always um, great to be on um, on your channel, Matt. Absolutely love it, Charlie. Always a pleasure having you on. As Detrick's gain here says, we've got the GOAT. We've got Brian from Tottenham away. Brian, how are you this evening? I'm doing very, very good. Uh, thanks, uh, Matt. It's brilliant to be on your show again. My head's getting bigger and bigger. I won't be able to get out the door that I'm in at the moment with the way my head's exploding. Uh, but no, it's great to be back on your show, mate, and uh, very excited for, for the game tomorrow. Brian, look, same to you. It is always a pleasure having you on, and that game tomorrow is one that's, you know, despite all the, <laughs> the worries around Spurs, it's, it's hard not to get excited for game day. Uh, but look, before we do get into it last, but certainly not least, we've got Bobby from Bobsworth TV. Bob, thank you so much for your time today. How are you getting on? Uh, thank you, mate. Like, as, as always, uh, absolutely honoured to come on uh, shows like yourselves and Tottenham Away and, and uh, soon to be Charlie's, hopefully, fingers crossed. I'll, I'll make it. And then I've made it, mummy. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, absolute joy to be. Hopefully, uh, we can uh, take any form of positiveness in this uh, stream over to the to the boys for a, a must-win, another must-win game tomorrow. Yep. Exactly. Fingers crossed. And again, Bobby, thank you for your time today. Um, as LDM1 here says, uh, hit that like button. Please, everyone do make sure to go down and hit that like button. If you're looking forward to this game tomorrow, do hit subscribe on the channel as well. If you want to make sure you catch the watch along tomorrow night with Marcelo. And of course, a lot more content coming up as you build up to that final against Manchester City. And look, while you're down there, if you want to head into the description and click the link to get yourself one of these mugs, go ahead and do it. It's a, a good way to support the channel and getting uh, a little something uh, in return. As Rob here, the last minute of our podcast says, all jokes aside, though, smash that like button. He's talking about Joe and he's asking not to be censored but I can assure you Rob you will be censored um, but look let's dive straight into things the the news from Spurs on the injury front is that it just remains the same Matt Doherty and Ben Davis will be out for this one Charlie it's kind of good news isn't it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's never it's never good for anyone to be injured. Of course, I don't I don't wish anyone to be injured like those um, scumbag Arsenal fans did um, on that watch line. But anyway, we we won't, we won't talk about them. But yeah, look, I guess it is kind of good news because we don't we don't want Doherty and Davies playing. We don't want them anywhere near this team. So yeah, it's good that Jose won't be um, have ha, ha, well, he won't have a choice um, to select them. Um, I guess that's how you can look at it. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a uh, it's making a, a a difficult choice. Just just a bit more. Uh, bit more easy for him because look Brian at the end of the day our fullback still isn't a very strong position you know with Serge Aurier starting just his second game in in nine against uh, Manchester United on Sunday and he didn't exactly cover himself with glory um who, who do you think would be getting the nod out there with Sardi out is it Aurier or is it Tanganga so so the first thing I have to say I completely forgot to say at the beginning Everton are looking to do the double over us it's the treble if you include the FA Cup yeah. so uh yeah. 
it, it, it's even worse. Um, like West Ham that season. Oh, don't, 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 no. don't send me there, Charlie. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, well, when it when it gets to it, um, I agree with what Charlie was saying about Doherty. But when it comes to Davies right now, Regulon has been so poor, and he doesn't get mm. called out because it's Sergio Regulon. So yeah. I don't know if having Ben Davies there for competition would have maybe spurred him on a bit more. Um, Listen, when it comes to right back, I, I have no idea. Who knows? We might even play Dulux the dog. We've just signed him. Just just chuck a <laughs> just chuck just chuck a ball up and down the line. That, that's the easiest way to get him going. Um, but I think I've always said it. Tanganga is a is a centre back. I don't yes. like using him at right back. I don't see the point in it. Um, yep. So I think we've only got Aurier and Regulon. So I think he's going to have to have to go with them. I think the main talking point is who's our centre backs. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I suppose it's a, a good segue to get into that. Um, as Simon says, play play Toby and Roden. Yeah, Bob, I, I think Agreed. the majority of Spurs fans yeah. would agree that's the the best centre back duo that we we could see tomorrow. Do you think Jose yeah. will go with that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, it's it, it's anyone with a, a, a break. No, that's that's the wrong way. Anyone with a bit of sense will can quite clearly see that Toby is our best centre back. Hands yeah. down. There's less of a question mark around, around Toby than what there is than uh, around the other 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 defenders. And I said, like I said, in uh, we are Tottenham with Ben, ben and Sim earlier. Rodon, for me, in my opinion, would most likely be a proper first team next season. So why not get as much as many minutes with with him alongside Toby? Because the amount of experience you can sponge off him will be invaluable going forward, regardless of Toby being less of a player or or leaving. Which is uh, at least he'll he'll be able to. Uh, sponge some experience off him so I, th- I think it's given I just want to say as well how ironic that we talk about we're talking about dogs etc um, uh, uh, with, with Jose who can't hold on to a lead so um, it's, uh, oh, it's just, just ironic I know I know dad joke uh, <laughs> don't think I'll be having you back on the channel after that <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah look uh, there's a, a lot of stuff said in that Jose press conference a, a while ago when he he effectively said that he won't be telling people the reason he thinks is behind losing those leads which um, is, is strange I think Bob you said it on We Are Totten the, the whole the whole press conference yeah. was just it, it was a bit weird there was yeah. something uh, yeah. kind of off about it yeah. and I suppose if we're continuing talking about weird things it's, it's Benyon here saying I have a bad feeling Dyer will start and oh, I, I imagine there are a lot of Spurs fans with that with that feeling as well because look I, I did a predicted 11 or a kind of expected 11 for that game uh, against Manchester United on Sunday and I was only two players off I had said Bergwijn instead of Lucas and, and Toby instead of Dyer but even, mm. for some reason even though the 11s were so similar I saw that 11 that Jose put out and was like well that's the game gone there's yeah. no chance we're winning that and one of those reasons yeah. was was Eric Dyer and I Charlie I, what does Jose see in this guy? What does he possibly think will happen? Don't they say the, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing yeah. over and over again and expecting different results? Isn't that what Jose's doing? Yeah, it, it, just, it just sums up this manager at the moment, literally. Mm. Um, he's, um, as I said, the, we saw it earlier on in the season, just the continuous reluctance to drop Eric Dyer, which he eventually had to do. But for whatever reason... Just like that, bang, you're back in. I genuinely feel like our centre-backs get picked out of a lucky dip to decide who starts. <laughs> it is that much of an absolute shambles. And I said it before. I said it a while ago, actually. I said, we have to give Toby and Roden a run of games from now till the end of the season. Because I believe, on current form, those two, Toby being our best centre-back for ability and Roden being probably um, one of our better ones on form. So they're the two you have to put alongside each other. Give Roden mm-hmm. that calm, composed head next to him that he needs to, that can guide him through a game. Yes, Toby, he's not much 
much of a leader. But what he what he does do is he leads by example. He's not he's not the most vocal, but he he, he he's a good he's a good guy. He's a good experienced um, head that Roden can sort of learn off. Yeah. And I said this right from the start. Do not put Roden alongside Dyer or Sanchez because he, he'll make mistakes as well. It is what's going to happen. And if Dyer Dyer, um, I said, I, I agree. I was the same as you, Matt. When I saw that team, I knew we'd lost because you just know every time Dyer plays, you know that one minute there'll be some outstanding block in there and then the next minute he'll just cost us all the points. And he's cost us about, I think it's I think it's about 11 points alone this season. It might be a little bit less than that, but around around that mark from, I'd say from probably nine to 11, nine to 11 points, he's probably cost us um, this season, to be honest. Um, and, like this guy, you, we've seen it all along. I've said it. I said it last season as well um, on the last day. And this is something I want to bring up as well because it kind of goes under the radar a bit with Dyer because you saw this. This can't. This does relate to this game and the situation we're in now. But you saw the end of last season when we came back from lockdown. Um, Dyer got that ban from when he climbed into the stands and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then he was out for, I think it was five games, where he was out until the last game of the season. And for those games, yes, Sanchez, we know he hasn't been good enough. We know he needs to be sold. We know he's not good enough. However... At that time, at that moment in time, Sanchez was actually playing really well. He was on, he was on good form back then. And then he, yeah, we beat Arsenal. I think we beat Leicester as well during that time. And then come the last day, Dyer's back. What a surprise! He's back in and makes a mistake against Palace. Like that, that's 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 the that's the prime example. The way you can sort of look at this whole situation. That's that's where it all started for me, and I just knew then that Mourinho is going to have this thing with Dyer, and he, he it's going to take a, it's going to take a lot for him to drop him. So, and the Toby thing, the fact that he's fallen out with Toby for me is down to him because I'm sorry, he's our best he's our best centre back, and we need him playing when he's fit. That's how, how I see it. When he's fit, you play your best players, and um, I think for me, Jose has made Toby a scapegoat for no reason when. In reality, the other defenders have been messing up, but yet Toby always seems to be the one that gets dropped whenever whenever stuff happens. So yeah, this manager, this manager at the moment is 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 clueless. He really is at the moment. Yeah, I think I, I agree with everything you've you've said there. And you touched on Davinson Sanchez. Uh, just to bring in this commentary as well by Lapras eighty two, he says, "I'd like to see Toby and Roden have a run of games, but the only thing that worries me is is the lack of pace there." And Brian, for this game, I can't help but think that Davinson Sanchez could be a good option for this because looking at uh, Carlo Ancelotti in his press conference today, he said he expects Dominic Calvert Lewin to uh, to miss this game. So you'd imagine uh, it will be Richarlison starting up front and. All of a sudden, you need you need a bit of pace in that defence to, to contend with Richarlison if he's going to be getting in behind or, or making those moves out wide. So do you think this is a game that, that could suit Sanchez? So so before I get to Sanchez, the thing I want, really want to see with Toby and uh, and Rodon is because, look, let's face it, one way or the other, Toby's going to be out at the end of the season. So hmm. if Joe Rodon, who has the potential to be our number one or at the club at the moment, our number one centre-back, don't you want to give him as much game time as possible yeah. with the most experienced and best defender at the club so he's so he can learn something? That that's my personal opinion. Um, especially when it comes to the Man City game, because that is the game we need to win. I've been a huge defender of Davinson Sanchez. I really, really have. But the Newcastle game was kind of the last straw. Now, we all know Davinson Sanchez has it in him. When he's on his game and on his day, he's a great defender. But those days are few and far between. Oh, yeah. And you just don't know what you're going to get with him. And the thing that worries me is, if you look at it, like Charlie said as well, Dyer has four or five good games. Then he goes missing, like Jose drops him. And then out of the blue, there he appears. He did that when Sanchez and Toby were having a good run. And then, and I'm just worried because Rodon's played four games now. I'm just worried if he chucks Rodon out, um, especially when he's cup-tied and he can't play against Man City. But Sanchez, I know what you mean. 
uh, because Richarlison's up there. But with the lack of pace, it's only Richarlison. Let's face it, he he misses a lot more than he scores. I'd say he he is. A, don't get me wrong, his power and his pace is always a threat, but his finishing ability isn't as good as let's say a Dominic Calvert Lewin. So I think this would be a prime game mainly for Rodon and uh, and Toby, so he can show him a bit of experience. And you got to remember, to- uh, Joe's got a bit of pace on him. He's no Davison Sanchez, but but if you're seeing Joe Roden as the future of the club, or at the moment at the club, a guaranteed starter for next season, you've got to give him as much time with Toby as possible to to soak up that knowledge and that experience. So I see where you're coming from, but I would still, if I was Jose, go with Toby and uh, Toby and Joe. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it, uh, definitely a, a solid reasoning behind that. And on, on the point of Joe Roden playing alongside Toby is, of course, going to be incredible for him. And you have to look at him being coached by Lenny King as well. I think there's there's a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge, um, not only of the game but of, of Spurs as well, that that could mm-hmm. help uh, direct mm-hmm. him towards uh, perhaps a, a successful career uh, at Spurs. Hopefully, which is of course what does happen. I think we will be investing in, in centre backs in the summer, but I can imagine he'll still be high up the pecking order next season, as we said with with uh, Toby on the fire and probably leaving. Uh, but Bobby, moving into the left back role. Um, as we were talking about there, Sergio Reguilon, quite disappointing. To be fair, it's only really been since he's come back from injury. Perhaps there's a, a long-term effect of whatever whatever did keep him out. But do you think, as as Brian pointed out, that maybe Davis's competition will be better for him? Do you think Reguilon is perhaps getting a bit complacent in his position in the squad? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, unfortunately, he hasn't <clears throat> he hasn't been playing. And who would have thought? You know, a few months ago, we'd be crying out for Davis to come back into. Uh, is that because personally, I'd, I'd, I want to see him. If, if Davis would fit, I'd pick him ahead of uh, Reguilon. Uh, is it a case of him needing a rest? I don't think so. I just think, like, like uh, you guys have said, he's just got a bit of complacent. Probably, um, I don't know, thinking better than what he is. I don't know. Uh, he's, he's just not there. His attacking intent's still there, but it's not, it's not coming off. I can't remember. I think I've only seen one good cross from him in the last three or four games and um, even that went a bit by the wayside it's the defending that worries me you know think about Kyle Walker he wasn't the, probably the best defender but the pace always got him out of trouble um, even now it's to, to, mm-hmm. and Reggie's Reg, got Reg's got pace but he just doesn't seem to have that uh, knack of, of getting back at the right time right right space um, and yeah that's, 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 that's a bit concerning which which concerning moving forward as well because obviously we've got the option of a of a second year and if he carries on like this I wonder if you guys think if, if we'd if we'd go for that second year option I don't know depending who we get in I suppose yeah look uh, I'll start to that in a second Phil here says Reglan hasn't become, become complacent I just think he looks completely out of confidence and down in the dumps mm. pretty much the same as, as 75% of the yeah. squad which is yeah. a, a very yeah. good point from Phil I think that the, the debut uh, that Sergio Reglan had at Spurs in, in the cup game against Chelsea I think perhaps in that we saw everything we really needed to know about him He's he'll fly into every challenge sometimes he will overcommit himself and at times it can lead to a goal being conceded as it did on that day but one thing is that he'll, he'll never let that confidence uh, get him down despite that moment where he flew into that challenge on the left-hand side and cost us a goal to go one and down. He continued to do that. And it was when he got his bearings and kind of understood the game a bit better, he, he was a lot better at that. But I, I think he his his style of play is something that relies a lot on uh, probably confidence or, or good form because putting in crosses like that, you know, if, if you're having an off day, all of a sudden that cross is blocked by the first man or it, it sails over Harry Kane's head in the box. And I think maybe with someone like him, it is a case just keeping him in there and waiting for that moment when he when he does kind of regain that form, because that game against Crystal Palace, I think it was, he was fantastic. That switch from Bale to, to Regalon was on the whole time. And maybe uh, Bale being out of the squad is something that affects him as well. 
I, I think, Matt, you've got to consider as well, mate. Him, him and Sonny had a really good relationship. And obviously, Sonny being out injured and then coming back and not being on, on top form, maybe that had a part to play, um, you know, because they were linking up absolutely fantastic down the, down the left. And mm-hmm. like I say, Sonny losing a bit of confidence and, and a bit of form and obviously being out injured. It became a bit of a stop-start relationship-wise with the person in front of him. So that could have played a factor. So there are numerous factors, but all we want to do is obviously see a, a, a Reggie from uh, from earlier on in the season. Hopefully it will start against Everton. Yeah, absolutely. I've got Wayne Banner here coming in with the £5 Super Chat. Yep, Wayne, thank Wayne. you so, so much for that. Absolutely always 100% appreciated. Legend, legend. Uh, anyone else, uh, he is an absolute legend. Anyone else, if you do want your comments read out and your questions answered, do make sure to put in a Super Chat. Uh, it's a fantastic way to support the channel. We do massively, massively appreciate it. And as I said, be guaranteed uh, to be read out. And what Wayne has to say is, It'll be interesting to see how many of the players turn up for the cup final all of a sudden. Got to go Toby and Roden remaining league games. And as we said, we agree with you on that one. Um, Toby and Roden for the remaining league games. But on the point of that cup final, uh, I think Charlie will come to you in this one. Do you think these players who, some of them who have kind of sacrificed a lot of their career to try and get success at Spurs, which is looking increasingly unlikely. Do you think these players in this game against Everton tomorrow and Southampton on Wednesday will be playing for a place in that cup final and trying to, to prove their point to Jose Mourinho? Um, you'd hope, you'd hope so. But at the end of the day, I think it depends who he picks, um, Jose, for these remaining games. Because look, we know we know the players that are um, are behind Jose that are playing well. The likes of you know Kane, Son, um, and Dombele, um, Pierre. All these guys, they're um, they're they're they're, con- they're they're consistent. Yes, performances have dropped um, a bit lately. Um, but that that's purely down to you look at Hoiberg. He's been um, burnt out. Um, I think this season because he's had to play every game. So you'd hope you'd hope that they would um, arise to the challenge of um, fighting for a place in the cup final. But at the end of the day, you never know with this team and these players that a lot of these players, as we know, can't crack it under pressure. And um, yeah. if the pressure's on for them to try and earn a place in the cup final, then um, I'm sorry. There's yes, there are players that I probably do trust, um, the like the Canes, the Sons, these guys. But then there's other players in that team which I, I just don't trust anymore. They've lost my trust um, as a supporter. Um, to be honest because they've bottled it time and time and time again. And I've said this before, that um, that we, we won't be able to progress until we get rid of a lot of these kind of Deadwood players. So hopefully, look, hopefully the players that he does pick against Southampton and Everton are kind of the players that he um, that he um, apparently trusts and hopefully um, they can arise them um, to the challenge. Yeah, I think my connection is getting a bit dodgy oh, here, so I do apologise um, if I'm cutting yeah. out, but can you not hear me? Yeah. But I think moving on to the, to the midfield, I think as it was against United, it's going to be a very, very important battle for in this game. Uh, looking at the Everton team things, uh, Carlo Ancelotti said Alan and Andre Gomez will be fit uh, to face Spurs in this one. With Fabian Delph uh, and Bernard and Jean-Philippe Baman remain out for this one. So Everton, the whole way through their squad, really suffering with injuries. If we're looking at the defence, they, they'll be without uh, Yerry Mina as well. So with that uh, weekend midfield for Everton, at, at, at aside this is often chopping and changing in there due to these injuries and suspensions and stuff if Spurs as we do have a full strength midfield if Jose does go full strength Brian will come to you in this one do you think that midfield battle is somewhere we can really really take control of this game and, and try and kind of take the game to Everton so yeah I mean I've got a few things to say on this and first of all when it comes to do I think the uh, the players will be pr- trying to prove a point to get into that cup final you've got to look at it as a double-edged sword because they could also look at it as they don't want to make any rough tackles in case they get injured and don't make the final. So you've kind of got to be careful which way they do it. But um, the midfield area is the last couple of games I haven't seen a midfield. 
I've seen one midfielder, and that's been Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, who to me, I will always say on every show I go on, is the signing of the season. For me, he's our player of the season. Forget what Kane and Son have done. The work he does is like three men in one. And as I was saying to you just before when we were off air, he, this will be his 53rd game. And a majority of them are 90 minutes. And all right, he played well against uh, Manchester United. And all right, but we've all seen that he's looked very tired recently. And if we stand any chance of winning the final, we need 100% raring to go, really psyched up Pierre Milhoyberg. So I want to give him a rest, whether it be this game or Everton. He needs a rest. Um, so I'm not too sure where we go about it. I mean, Tongi himself hasn't been himself. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that video of him in training when he took four people out in one move. Um and we just haven't seen that on the pitch like we used to. He used to, all right, when he, I've never seen a player turn like him in all my life. He's like an ice skater. His turns are so incredible. Um, but the midfield, so far, we just we haven't had a midfield the last few games. And there's so many different combinations. For once, I think we can honestly say no one has a clue what our best 11 is. No one has a clue what our best, if you break it down, defence, midfield, attack. I mean, attack is obvious. It's Harry Kane. Um but the other thing that has really bugged me when we talk about our lack of quality in depth, if you look at it, we're talking about these different positions and what who should play in this position. Why is it that in the spine of our team, i.e. Larice, Toby, Pierre, Son, uh, Kane, it's only them. We have no valid replacements for them. Everywhere else, it's like, OK, we've got, we've got quality. We could just... Or we've got sufficient cover. And this has been our issue. So the midfield... I want Hoiberg to have a rest. Like I said, I don't know which game. Uh, depends which one Jose steams more important out of this than Southampton. Um, but with their injury depleted, we really, surely, even our our lack of midfield work over the last two games should be enough to oversee Everton with all these injuries. Especially Decore. Decore is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's pivotal to that uh, to, to that Everton side, um, and I, I agree with you. I think Hoybeer does deserve a rest. We saw McCall in there in the, in the chat saying rest him against uh, Southampton and, and play uh, and play Harry Winks in that role. So I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it's something that will be on Jose's mind because we know he had his frustrations when when that Southampton game was scheduled to be played the week of the final. But look, Man City are in a similar boat. They've a, a semi final of the Champions League coming up against Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, but they have the quality to change. Potentially just two days after the final, so they could be in a... a t- Sorry, I think my connection's gone there again. Uh, look, uh, we've uh, Cody Mack here in the in the live chat saying, breaking, Toby is the mole. Word on the street is he's now going by Toby Mulder Viral source uh, at Comac do Tier 1. I'm not I'm not sure I agree with the, the Tier 1 there, uh, Cody, but uh, very good there he's for Cody. Tier one. Sure he's our Tier 1. <laughs> Absolutely, he is. Everyone, make sure to go uh, follow Cody there at Comacdo on Twitter. Um, you'll definitely be seeing him back on this channel uh, sometime soon. And uh, look, before we do continue on uh, talking about this stuff, I still want to remind anyone who is watching on YouTube, please do make sure to smash that subscribe button to get Tottenham Fanboys <coughs> podcast more of these uh, plus Tottenham watchalongs and any type of sports content you could want. And anyone listening to the uh, recording of the podcast on audio platforms, I just want to remind you that we are part of the Sports Social Podcast Network, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network. So do make sure to. Uh, find the next show you love or join the team at www.sport-social.co.uk fantastic stuff there that I can uh, assure you you will love but to get back into this one I think Bobby Brian there was saying that we don't know our best 11 which is very very true but for me what is a bigger concern is that we don't know our best formation I could not tell you 
at all what formation we're going to play against Everton. It could be a 4-3-3, it could be a 4-2-3-1, it could be a 4-4-2, which we have played in recent weeks. But for me, one player that needs a specific formation, and that's a 4-2-3-1, is Lucas Moura to, to play in that central role. Do you think we need to start adjusting the way we're playing to get the effect of him in there? Or do you think maybe there's there's different things we need to try and, and work out? No. no. Uh, Lucas Moura has, uh, and I think we said this in the last uh, time I was on as well, Matt, is um, hands down up our most effective number 10 this season. Going forward, mm-hmm. who knows? You know, next season, season after, is if it's there forever. But right now, he's our, he's our most informed player in the number 10. You know, um, and uh, like he, he, he does link up really well with the likes of Kane, Kane and Sonny, especially if them two are firing uh, on all cylinders. And you're absolutely right. The fact we don't have uh, a definitive uh, starting eleven. Matt, we don't even have a definitive identity, a, a way of playing. We don't know what we're going to go. Are we going to play low block? Are we going to go on the front foot? Um, are we going to press for the Franks? Are we going to keep it narrow? We still don't know that. And that's that's the most frustrating bit as well. Because if we had an identity, it'd probably be a bit easier for us to pick pick an 11 or, or, or pick certain individuals. The fact we don't have one just makes it harder. It makes more of a, of a guessing game. And Hence the reason why very, very unlikely, I think, any of us any of us have ever got a predicted first eleven right. Uh, I have. I certainly haven't. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely haven't. And I always say that as a type of disclaimer uh, when we're doing a predicted 11 is we were given solid reasons, uh, kind of logic behind why we're picking these players. But if none of them ended up on the football pitch, it wouldn't surprise me because... Because you never know what Jose is going to do. And I always say as well, on the flip side, you know, the opposition manager doesn't quite know what to expect as well. So it does make it more difficult to prepare for a game against Spurs. But of late, that's uh, kind of been proven quite easy by uh, by a couple of managers. But Charlie, looking at uh, the, the front line, I think Son's going to play. Harry Kane is going to yeah. play. Uh, that's that's on. But on the right-hand side, assuming Lucas is going to be playing centrally, which I think he, he does need to do, um, we've Aaron Binsett here chiming in saying midfield three of Hoybier and Damile Lasalso, then play uh, Lucas behind Kane and Son. How do you see that front line lining up? And if we do have a right winger in whatever formation we play, who do you think should get the nod? Um, yeah, so um, of course, Lucas, we know he's most effective in that number 10 role because we know he likes ball to feet. He's not the player that's going to run in behind and um, defensive. So, um, yeah, he has to play in that number 10 role. Obviously, you said Kane and Son um, or obviously nailed on starters. But on that right hand side, um, first of all, the fact that he's been playing La Celso there has just been a really terrible decision because he's not a right winger, La Celso. He is not a right winger. Whenever he plays on the right, he gets lost in games completely. If you're going to play La Celso, he needs to play in the centre, not on the right, because on the right he just gets wasted. So, for me, do you think, I, it's, I, fit? I, do you think it's fit, Charlie? Do you think it's fit, mate? Um, that that's part of it. I do, I do think he is quite rusty since he's come back. Ooh. However, you you still don't play him on the right wing, right wing, regardless of the fitness. So, for me, I'll I'll bring Gareth Bale back in. I said it on We Are Tottenham TV. I think. From now to the end of the season, obviously excluding the cup final, because we are going to have to sit back in that cup final, we might as well just go for it. Like, what have we got to lose? We have for me, if I was if I was Jose, I'll just go for it. Why like what else is there to lose? You might as well um just um just go for it from now till the end of the season. And for me, that that's where you bring Bale in on that right hand side because you saw Bale before, um, was on a good run, then has one bad game against Arsenal when he's dropped. So I think that was quite harsh. So I think it's time to bring him back in, Bale, and he'd be the one I go on that right hand side because, like, um, we just, as I said, we just got to go for it now. We got we what, what do we have to lose? Like, it's unlikely we're going to get top four. Um, 
what, 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 what have we got to lose? So we might as well just go for it. And for me, that, that involves putting Bale um, on that right-hand side and he can hopefully chip in with some goals um, if he plays. So for me, um, you've got to go for Bale um, to come back in. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's a very valid point and one that, one that does need to be discussed a bit more because Gareth Bale had a fantastic month, month and a half there. And people are talking about him, you know, oh, extend that loan, get him for another season, get him on a permanent when he leaves, this, that, the other. And all of a sudden he makes a few comments and has one bad game and it's as though we, we never cared about him in the first place and you just get rid of him and all that. And I fully understand the, the arguments. And to be honest, I, I quite agree with the argument that for the amount of money we're paying him, it's it's not worth our while keeping him on. Yeah. But he's a player who, I think similarly with Toby Oliveira to, to Joe Roden, he can be an absolutely incredible influence for the likes of uh, Jack Clark, for example. You know, he's after coming back from Stoke now. He's, he's injured, so he's out for the season. You know, if Bale can be in there in the training ground with Jack Clark, with the likes of Alfie Devine, because Bale isn't just a right winger. He's played in, in attacking midfield roles. I think he's someone who could be an incredible... Uh, person to have around but for three hundred thousand pounds a week you might uh you might argue that it's 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 not the best option to have there but i suppose uh brian in, in terms of this game do you think bale gets the nod actually our unconfirmed reports that luca dean uh, could be missing for, for everton i think you were talking about that a while ago brian um so if, if he is out this could be bale's game yeah i mean i i mentioned that on we are tottenham tv and mm-hmm. and the thing is as well i don't know what um Jose Mourinho's problem is with trying to change players from one position and putting them in another. Like Tanganga, playing mm-hmm. him at right back. Why is he trying to get Gio into a game at right midfield? He's not a right midfielder. You play your best players in their best position. And Gareth Bale is our best player in that position. Hands down, whether you like it or not. I mean, obviously, we know his defensive duties are lacking. Uh, but he's 32 or whatever he is now. And he's injury prone. Um, if we've only got him for eight games left or seven, whatever it is, play him. Mm-hmm. Play him. What, 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 what have we got to lose? I mean, I, I said on We Are Tottenham TV, I think it was after the Newcastle game, that as soon as top four is done, like mathematically, I want to see Scarlett, who's unfortunately picked up an injury, Divine, and all the youngsters play, because at least they'll fight for the badge, at least they'll put in a performance, and at least they'll leave everything on the pitch. I mean... Gareth Bale for me is a no-brainer, especially especially if Luca Dean is out to just terrorise that pitch, uh, terrorise that flank. And let's face it, like you said, it's it's got ridiculous now. We, in our team, it's like you can have five games playing well, say one stupid thing or one thing gets ca- taken out of context from the media, and then you're you're on the bench. And the only way back is if your name is Eric Dyer, because um, you get you've got four hundred eighty-six lives. Um, I, 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 I just don't understand it. So I'm completely with Charlie. I think I was on straight after Charlie on yeah. the TV and I echoed it. I think uh, 100% you have to start with Bell. Yeah, I, I think I agree on that one. Bob, we'll get you to chime in on that one uh, quickly because you, you, you made a, a little grimace there. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no. I, I, it's a personal thing for me. You know, what I'm like with personal opinions. Bale, for me, has played well in four games and all season. Yeah, there's, there's there's obviously been the case of not being picked and and um, being slightly injured and not, not. But, again, it, it just bugs me. Those comments, yeah, I know they're taken out of context and everything. You know, the whole thing about using our, our club as a training facility, <clears throat> in my opinion, I know it probably didn't mean it that way. But I have to look at the bigger things and, and he's only had four good games for, for Spurs all season. That, that's the reality of it. And the fact is on so much money as well. Uh, if someone's being paid 220k uh, a week, I expect more from a player who, who, who comes on or starts. And unfortunately, he's started a few games and he's just sort of turned up, be it before. He had a run of good games, but there were games against teams that we should be winning anyway, apart from the West Ham one. So, um, personal opinion, no, I, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't be disappointed if he never played a game for us for the rest of the season. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> That's right. He'll score a hat trick tomorrow then. Yeah. yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's one of those ones, and you're one of those people, Bob. You think you'll, you'll be happy to, to be proved wrong on that. You know, there yeah, there's some Spurs fans who will have that. their opinion and you know want yeah. their opinion to be right, whether it's to the uh, good or bad for the club. But I know Bobby would be absolutely delighted if Bale does go out and, <laughs> and bag a couple of hat tricks before the end of the season. For me, I, I think I think it may be better to to give Bergwijn a go in in this game because I'd love to see Bale play. You know, he he's one of those players who, for me. Um, he, he's one of the players that made me fall in love with Spurs. So for him coming back, it was, of course, a fantastic moment. But I think, uh, I'm following on from Brian's point, about playing the likes of, of Dane Scarlett or Alfie Devine, I think we do need to start looking towards next season because as much as Jose won't admit it, he knows the top four is gone. And the, the, the last two games was our was our chance to to keep that as a salvageable idea. But I think it's it's gone for us now. So we need to start looking towards the future. And I don't think Bale is going to be at the club next year. I think Steven Bergwijn has a chance to be. Personally, I don't know what's going on with him, where he is. I thought... Up until that Liverpool game in December, he was having a fantastic season. Mm, and since yeah. then, he hasn't really been given the opportunity. And he is more of a defensive right winger than, than any player we have there. And if we are going to play uh, you know, what some people might call park the bus style football, I think Stephen Bergwijn is good there in terms of the defensive uh, kind of work rate and also the the, the pace and the counter-attack. And again, just giving a player a chance when things aren't working for you, you need to try something new. And I think I said that earlier in the season in terms of getting Deli Ali back in the squad, which of course didn't work out. So so be it. But at least we tried it. You know, we tried something new that we hadn't done, and I think maybe getting Bergwijn back in could be um could be an option just for this one. And look, with a couple of games coming up in a short space of time as well, maybe it's a, a well deserved rest for, or maybe not so well deserved rest for for some other players as well. Uh, but I want to follow on from something uh, you said, uh, Charlie and Brian, and that's with regards to Charlie. You said there's nothing to lose uh, uh, towards the end of the season, and Brian, you were talking about getting yeah. those young players in. I've been thinking about look, the top four is gone. I think uh, we we can all accept that. But I've been thinking about if I would l- rather have European football in terms of the Europa League or, or not have any at all. And I'm kind of leaning toward, I don't want the Europa Conference League. I think the Europa Conference no, League is, is a joke. And it's something... Might I have a choice. Yeah. Might I have a choice, mate. <laughs> exactly, no, exactly. Yeah. We've got a David here tuning in, says, oi, oi, boys, how are we all keeping? Let's speed everything and get some comments. Good seeing you in the live chat. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, but look, I'm, I'm going to ask you, Charlie, would you rather have uh, the Europa League or no European football at all? Do you think have, without it, it could give mm-hmm. us the the chance to focus on the league next season? Um, I think um, there's obviously um, pros and cons to it. I think, first of all, I do not want that Conference League. That is the most pointless thing I think I've ever seen in my life. So just get that out of the window. I'd rather have nothing than that. But in terms of Europa League, I probably would take Europa League over no foot, um, no European football because you look at Europa League, it opens up a possibility to win um, a European trophy. Um, um and um, it as well, it, it brings in that not maybe not by a lot, but it brings in that extra kind of revenue um, in the club that the club's lacking um, so far um, during these COVID times. So yeah, look, just the Europa Conference League, none of that. But Europa League, yeah, I mean, I'll probably have that over no European football because it gives us a chance. To, as I said, um, probably more realistic for us to win um, than maybe the Champions League or something. Um, obviously, we, we all want Champions League football, um, but um, if if we are in, if we do get um, Europa League, it gives us another kind of opportunity there another um, trophy that we could go on and win um, next season if we are in it so um, yeah like no Europa Conference League please that 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 just stay away from that but yeah look probably Europa League over no European football to be honest 
Yeah, look, before we get Brian and Bobby in on that one, we've got 100 people watching right now, and we're only on 35 likes. So please do smash that like button, and let's see if we can get to uh, 50 likes before the end of... <laughs> Bobby's confused. We can't have Bobby confused. We can't have Bobby do maths. We need to get those likes up to, to, to satisfy his, his mathematical needs. Yeah, um, look, yeah. uh, Brian, what do you think in terms of uh, Europa League or, or no European football? So I've got to say, once again, I'm bang on the money with Charlie. Um, absolutely. The Europa League, I'll take. But you know what? If we get into the Conference League, what kind of pull is that for players? Yeah. Yes, I could be playing yeah. in Albania or Macedonia or or whatever mm. against these teams that are like Hackney Marsh pitches. It's just an insult. It's the Mickey Mouse Cup or Mickey Mouse of Mickey Mouse Cups, which we'll probably still lose. Um, and, <laughs> and like I said, the Europa League... We, let, let's 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 call it as it is. We should have, we should have uh, not said we should have won it, but we certainly should have got into the quarters. Yeah, and maybe maybe the semis and even the finals. That was a realistic attempt. And now with all these Harry Kane stories, if we were still in that Euro- Europa League, I don't think these stories come out. I don't think anything comes out because we're still in it. So being in Europe is crucial for Tottenham right now, uh, especially for the owners when it comes to finances. Um. Maybe, maybe no European football is the the reminder that they need to say, right, we need to be in these club, in these competitions. We need to invest. Um, so yeah, I will take the Europa League. I will take obviously the Champions League, which we're not going to get. But yeah, the Conference League. I'd rather go and play in the Johnston Paint Trophy in the non-league tournament <laughs> than, uh, than, than than the European. It's called the, it's called the pub. Trophy at the moment. Oh, and it changed sponsors again. It changes more time than the Carabao yeah. Cup, Johnny. Check a trade. Check a trade now, Papa John. There we go. There we go. That's what? what I'd rather be in. Check a trade. The Papa John's Trophy had two finals this year because they have to play the last ones as well. And even with two finals, it's a, it's a competition. Spurs wouldn't manage to win uh, with, with the way we're going. Um, Bobby, Europa League or or nothing at all? What would you prefer? Yeah, I echo what the guys are saying. I, I suppose the only silver lighting or the only good thing that would probably be coming out of the uh, conference, if there is one, is I'm assuming it will be on ITV4 or something, uh, be on TV. And if we are going to pick a squad, why not just pick the squad of all the all the kids? You know, we'll get yeah. to see them on TV, bring in slightly uh, a bit of money, even if it's like £4.50 or whatever from the competition. But um, it'd it just be a, a good, slightly more competitive game that they're probably used to, even against, uh, you know, the farmers from wherever. But... Uh, I suppose that's the only good thing I could potentially see coming out of it is just put all the kids in there. Pick about four or five yep. first-teamers, the rest kids. Let's watch them at 8.30 on a Friday night on ITV4. Um, I don't know why I'm picking on ITV4, but it's the Conference Europa League fixture just said ITV4 for some reason, so, um, or Channel 5. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that's the only good thing. But, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. If it's no Europa League, um, yeah, I'd rather go without without European football. And maybe that would be a blessing in disguise for next season. Yeah, I think Wayne, Wayne Bonner there gives you in that one. Says on, on the plus side, if we got into that Europa Conference League, a uh, fair few youngsters and fringe yeah. players will get a run out. Other than that, hell no. Great minds, Wayne, great minds. He knows his stuff that <laughs> exactly. way. He's a legend. Uh, he is Wayne. Wayne is an absolute hero. He's an absolute hero. 
we, we love you in. Um, but look, guys, back onto the the matter at hand, the next next task for Spurs. That is, of course, the game against Everton tomorrow. We're going to get some score predictions. Um, but first, before we do that, I just want to remind you that we are we're now five likes away from from fifty. So please, out of the hundred that are watching, Fen Fen should pop in here. Fen, I bet you haven't hit that like button yet. Make sure to to smash that like button. But look, Fen, as always, good to see you. Uh, hit that subscribe button and all that. And if you're listening on, on audio podcast platforms, do make sure to, to follow as well. We got Brian Ireland here uh, as well tuning in, saying what's up, lads. Brian, we're just getting to our yeah, score predictions, so make sure to. Uh, to, to put your um put your score predictions down there. But Charlie, we'll come to you first. Everton tomorrow, what's gonna happen? Um <laughs> oh god. Um obviously I'm not confident for anything at the moment, really. Um my head and heart are saying two different things. Um my heart is saying we're gonna we're gonna nick it. We're gonna nick it two one. Um because you look you look at Everton with their injuries with Calvert Lewin out, it gives me a glimmer of hope. It is I'm just clutching at straws at this point. I really am with everything when it comes to Tottenham. But I don't know, my, my head's telling me one one. The the weird thing is I can't actually see us losing this game. Um which is might sound as weird as it, it sounds, but I can't I don't I don't think we'll lose this game. I, I however I can I can definitely see it being one of those draws where it's just pathetic and we just throw away points like it's like it's nothing. So um yeah, I, I I'm I'm not confident and um I'm probably gonna go in my head. I'm I'm just gonna go one one because Spurs are just draining the life out of me at the moment. Yeah, I think even as a Spurs fan, a one-one prediction is is almost a confident one these days. I've uh, got Lapper saying, uh, "Sounds like uh, even Plymouth Argyle should be competing in the Europa Conference League." <laughs> Lappers, don't joke with them. I've got my retro blackout jersey on the way. Don't you dare! I've uh, got a few uh, from the live chat. We've got Joseph saying two 0 uh, Chewick says one all. Benyon says two one. If Dyer doesn't play, uh, Wayne going for a squeaky bum. Two one win for Spurs. Uh, Joe has two one as well. Fenn being honest and says three one for Everton. Fenn, I'm sure there's a lot out there um, who would agree with you. Simon says six points in the next week. Uh, Chris says a draw incoming. Brian Ireland says I never say Spurs to lose because of Brian and I was four for a game of the two Brian's. Yeah, yeah, I was only left I was about to speak Everton about win. that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you, you, you can tell us about all about that four for Brian and give us uh, your, your score prediction. Okay, so so yeah, he's gone two now. Now this is this game has got wildly out of control as Bob will be able to uh, <laughs> yep. to tell you. So on Tottenham away, me and Brian Island uh, have started to do a show at Friday midnight your time, seven p.m. for us here in Toronto, and we've came up with a game where we have to guess the exact score, the exact score, um, and we have forfeits, and all the panels that come on have forfeits. So we've got. People, ah, oh, the great Bob Hit here uh, has said that if his score is right, Brian Ireland and I every have every fifteen minutes have to start singing Barbie Girl on our next podcast. It doesn't matter who's <laughs> talking or doing what. Yeah. Um, there's ones where I have to oh, have God. my by Cody where I have to shave my head, shave my beard, put on my glasses and the suit, <laughs> and have the name tag saying I am Daniel Levy. Um, <laughs> so Brian Ireland has now gone to New Everton, and if he wins to New Everton. I've got to have Guna Lover written on on my cheeks with red lipstick, but I'm not going to shave. But I'm not going to shave, so you're not going to see anything. So, (laughs) so, and it's got to the point where I said I won't do anything to do with uh, with Arsenal or snakes, and I've said, you know what, I have to, I have to do this for the pop. But the best one, and I'm hoping two nil Tottenham, because if Tottenham win two nil, everyone's going to want to watch Tottenham away seven p.m. like I said, Toronto time, midnight your time. Because Brian Island, it's a Friday, likes to sit down with a couple of ciders. And I said, what I want to do is, if we win 2-0, I want you to take your shoe off, show me taking your sock off, and put your sock <laughs> over every cider, and drink through your sock. 
So these are just... There's other forfeits that haven't oh, been mentioned God. that I can't remember. But we're, we're oh, carrying on these forfeits God. till one of us have to do all of them. So uh, <laughs> there are some. There, there, there are some very, very, very. Uh, it, it's getting wildly out of control. But it's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. So two nil Tottenham, please, please. Brian Island drinking cider through a sock. Oh, do you know what, Brian Island? I'm sorry, but I, I gotta see that happen. I, I gotta see that. Just, I, I, I wasn't going to say two minutes first my score prediction, but I'm going to go for it now as well, just just so I can see that. Guarantee I will be tuning in next Friday if if, if that does happen. Yeah, uh, Bobby, what's what's your score prediction for this one? Yeah, I've been saying two one to uh, Tottenham all week, so I'm going to stick with that. Um, heart uh, heart will always rule overhead. I've had 35 years of doing that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2-1 two, two Spurs, Harry Kane, and I hope Bale proves me wrong and scores a last-minute winner. Yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. Uh, Brian Early says, I, I take it for a 2 of a Spurs win. Yeah. Uh, and Cody says, give Daigle credit. He picked the least likely scorer, so it should be the worst forfeit. You look, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. very kind. <laughs> I don't think a 2-0 win for Spurs is particularly likely, but I'm going to go with it. That's my score prediction. 2-0 Spurs, Kane at the double, uh, just so we can just so we can see Brian Ireland drinking cider through a sock. I think yeah, I think everybody yeah, would agree yeah. that would be that would be absolutely fantastic. But look, everyone, we are going to wrap it up there. Um, it's been a fantastic show. Thoroughly enjoyed it with Charlie, Brian, and Bobby. Uh, do make sure to check, go check them all out um, on YouTube. We've, you can find Charlie at Coy's Daily on YouTube, Brian at Totten Away, and Bobby at Bob's for TV. It's been an incredible show. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, comment, all that good stuff while you are here. Thank you very much to these four gents, and uh, hopefully. Fingers crossed, Spurs can can get that win tomorrow. Thank you for watching. Come on, Spurs. Come on, Spurs. Come on. Sports Social Podcast Network.